Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry, an abbreviated version this weekend. We're going to do the best of Friday the 13th coming up later on. If you're listening on Wobble 1190 and uh, 107.5 FM, of course, we're on there. And we're on your favorite podcast downloads wherever uh, you find us. And make sure you tell all your friends. We got some movie news, some uh, a great actor to remember, too, and, and some stuff to discuss, including... Uh, the movie, if you want to call it a movie, the newest one that came out in theaters and on Peacock, and that's Firestarter. Chuck and I both saw it. We'll talk about that in a second as well. So lots to do, even though uh, it's somewhat of an abbreviated show. Chuck, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Mike. All right, where do you want to start first, the review of Firestarter or the career of Fred Ward? Let's do Firestarter. All right, Firestarter comes out this weekend, really the only major release, but it's also on Peacock as well. And Chuck and I got a chance to see the remake of the Stephen King novel. Of course, it was done way back when with Drew Barrymore and uh, and uh, George George C. Scott. Uh, at least this time, Chuck, with this Firestarter is the one redeeming factor. They actually had an Indian playing that character instead of George C. Scott. But boy, oh boy, this is an utter mess of a movie put together. Uh, and, and if you see it in the theaters, I feel bad if you have to watch it, watch it on Peacock. But it is atrociously awful. And it all starts and ends with the kid, Chuck, to me, not appealing at all. No backstory. The kid turns out to be a mass serial killer and basically wipes out pretty much every character in the film. Yet we're supposed to root for this character. As she, and I, I, I don't care. Spoiler alert or not. Uh, you shouldn't see this movie. So I'll tell you, she, she kills her, her mother, her father. And everybody else in this film and then walks off with the main villain of the I mean, this is just an atrociously bad movie. Yeah, it's just um, I got to tell you, well, I'm just to prepaseize, not a fan of the 84 version. I, I think I. the story. Listen, I, I didn't read the novel. Steve, look, back in the day, everything Stephen King wrote was acclaimed. Right. Right. I, I, I find the material somewhat silly i don't think it's a good i don't think it's a great a very good story i would agree and i've read the book and 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 there's and really yeah it never really gets into why she can now the 80 the 84 ver, the 84 version i i thought was a silly movie having said that at least they tried to do something they had an appealing lead drew barrymore yep. two years removed from et right yeah georgie scott's miscast and all connie's over the top so on and so, so forth but at least it was a little bit more of a, a bond connection between her and a father in the original. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. What, what shocked me about this version is it's, it was so cheap. Like yeah. it felt like it is, is what I, I said to a buddy after we watched it. I said, do you remember Lost Boys, a tribe like director, D, director VHS movies? Like, a, you know, you, you get hyped over a box cover. Yeah. It felt that cheap. And, Chuck, and it doesn't make sense why they did this. Like, and, you, yeah, you there's could do no, something a lot better than this. And there's no character development. There's barely any dialogue in the film whatsoever. They, they, what they do in the in the opening credits, they they do like um, they 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 do a condensed backstory, right? Yeah. In the opening credits. Yeah. I was still confused. It doesn't yeah. like it, it's just it's a second time director. I don't want to knock him, but he did a horrible job. His color palette is horrendous. Yeah. It has no life. This movie has no life. It has no, it has no, um, n no energy. It doesn't nope. move. It even, it even makes Zach Efron look bad. Yeah. That's, no, that's yeah. bad. 
there's no likability to any of the characters. And and you're and right. She, like I, you said, she she and I again, I mean, she's a kid. But like I say, I said to myself also when it was over, like, what did they see in the cat in a, in the screen test or in a casting meeting that would say, oh, let's get her. And it, I, look, I don't want to give any merit to the 1984 version because it's not right. very good. But at least no. in that version, Drew Barrymore is the kind of actress that could pull off the remorse she felt after killing and hurting people like this right. girl had no remorse after just um, she's wiping out people. She's basically, you know, uh, a pyromaniac in, in, in some portions of this film, even when she after she kills her mother, there's there's no there's no grief. There's nothing. I mean. Uh, it, and when it, you don't and when you don't spend any money and I, I, I would predict this shot we shot for three million less. I mean, that's cheap. Right. They have scenes that take place like in one room and it's talky, yeah. toy, yeah. so talky. Yeah. And and, and it, you're just doing that to save money. And uh, you're not even trying to make a good movie here. No, I, I was stunned how bad this is. Garbage. Horrible. It's, it's, it's it is total garbage. It's almost not even worth in too much t- worth taking too much time on it. As well. And oh, by the way, by the way, it it, it, it had a wide release, and, and it made about three and a half million dollars this weekend. Ouch! So That's there awful. was no interest. I mean, no. I guess anybody watching is going to watch it on Peacock. Yeah, as well, you I can't should. even imagine watching this in a the theater. I, I I would be like, oh. The, the one other note I wanted. Half, the one other note we should bring up uh, outside of the film uh, about the film is that John Carpenter does uh, co-scores the music to this film. And, and almost the opening credits yeah. to the to the, the motion pictures, almost an homage to how his movies, it's even his font on the on the titles. Uh, it, it looked like a beginning of a job. And, and as his name came up on the on the credits for doing the score, I'm like, wait a minute, did Carpenter direct this? And I did not know. Um, then if you find out that he has no other involvement other than the score, which is a little mind boggling. But the score well, is reminiscent I, I of his he- other stuff. It, it it is it is uh, produced by Bloomhouse, right. and Bloomhouse took over the Halloween property. So uh, I'm I'm assuming Carpenter has a pretty decent relationship with them, and they probably asked him to do it, and he was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it." All right, Chuck. Let's turn our attention to Fred Ward, who died at 79 this past week. Um, obviously, the first time I remember seeing him was the right stuff. Um, way back when and and automatically i thought of one of our favorite movies and that's tremors um he and he as earl bass and teaming up with kevin bacon i mean the guys had a great career always pops up and when you see him automatically likable and automatically going to get a great performance he's a good character actor i mean look, look at you know you look at tremors and obviously when they shot that film i don't know what they were expecting but they really did catch lightning in a bottle with the chemistry between Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. I mean, um, it, it, that movie just has stood the test of time is, is one of those movies where you just enjoy it. You can watch yeah. it once, once a year and enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, it's a lot. It's so much fun. That movie. And he, he, you know, later in his career, he'd pop up his dad's a lot. Remember he's in uh, summer catch. He's a Freddie Prince's dad and he's in sweet home, Alabama as well. Always adds a yeah. little touch of, uh, of, of just class to the movie. But one thing I wanted to bring up about him, though, he did have one shot at a character that some had hoped maybe would be a series of movies. And that was back in uh, was it 1984. Or so was it Remo Williams is 84 or 85? It was I, 1985. I think it was Remo yeah. Williams, The Adventure Begins, which is a likable, which has, movie. A, big fo- which has a which has a, a, a decent following. And uh, of course, it has Joel Gray playing, uh, a, a, you know, a, somewhat of a Mr. Miyagi type character in it. 
has yeah. some good action in it. Chuck, he's really good in it. The villains are weak, but I, you know, it's very watchable. The one note of this movie is remember when the Statue of Liberty was under construction, there's a good action scene on the Statue of Liberty with all the, uh, you know, the, the grids around it and all that stuff as it was being constructed. I thought that was a, a real good action scene, some imaginative yeah. stuff, but it never caught on and it's really. Good, and, it, and, it's, and it's a good poster. Yeah, it's a real good poster. Yeah, hanging from yeah. the rafters. Uh, yep. Uh, any other film that popped up when I mean, remember when he tried to do the whole um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones role in Chain Reaction? That was Andrew Davis's fa- failure for follow up to uh, the fugitive he did with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he was in uh, na- the naked one of the naked gun movies, right? <laughs> yes, he plays the terrorist that escapes jail who wants to blow up the Academy Awards, and uh, only Frank Drebin can oh, stop it. Oh boy, just. There's two iconic moments in that franchise. Obviously, the baseball game in the first one, but that Oscar ceremony in 33 and a half is like, it's incredibly funny. It's very it's so funny. Good. Stuff. And you only yeah. uh, wonder his health must have been failing. He hadn't really done anything, Chuck, for the last uh, seven yeah, years. Yeah, and, and I, when I saw that yesterday, it, uh, it was a real bummer, though. Real bummer. Yep. Uh, a great movie. And if you, you know, go back and catch, uh, go through his IMDb. I mean, he's in Escape from Alcatraz, too. I remember that. He had a, a role in that film too, Chuck. He's he's done a lot of great. Remember that movie Southern Comfort's a real good flick too. It's got that a cult a following movie. with Powers yeah. Booth. He's in that as well. So that's um, an intense movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, I and it's really a lot. It, it's almost almost an homage to Deliverance. It's so good. Um, yeah, David Carradine's in it too. Yep, good well, flick. Keith Carradine. Keith Carradine. Good, yeah. good flick, Chuck. Let's do some uh, movie news here. Uh, I did see that. Um, looks like Hayden Penitary is going to come back in scream six. I don't, re- I don't remember which one she was in or if she even lived in it. I don't even remember, but I did see that note of the next scream movie. I would say this good for her. And uh, she'll probably bring some energy to the proceedings. I listen. I like the franchise. Uh, I love one and two. Uh, I thought two is two and two is as good as one. And, and they were both awesome movies. I like three. I like four. the last one. I, I had a very mid midland reaction to it. I thought it was watchable, but had it didn't have the energy or the humor that I expected from a scream movie. I hope this one is better, but I, I think she'll help because she will bring a little bit of energy. I think. Although let's let's face it, she's had a lukewarm career since yeah, you know, no doubt. Heroes went off the air. Yeah. You know, she, she's never really and, took and off. That's, that's a long time now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. So Bullet Train got moved, Chuck. We were talking in our summer movie preview about a July 29th release. Maybe they looked at the August slate and said, there's nothing there. Let's move it there. Okay, at least it comes out this summer. That's at least good. Yeah. I don't want to see movies getting kicked the next year. Please, no. I did see Dan Stevens is in the cast for Godzilla versus Kong sequel. What do do we know about this Godzilla versus Kong sequel, Chuck? And what other characters are going to be in it? I don't know, but this is what I would say. I hope they eventually get one really right. Right. Um, it's not a franchise that I like. I, I dislike it. I thought the last one had entertainment value. I mean, I watched it streamed. I didn't see it in the uh, movie theaters day to day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was entertaining enough, but. Yeah, I, I saw I it on watch. IMAX. Nothing I, I want to watch more than one time. Yeah, I saw it on IMAX. So all these movies all have moments. And then there's gobbledygook all over the place in a lot of these movies. Right. So all of them have good characters entwined. And then it's just there's no direct real direction in any of them. Um, it's just CGI mayhem. Yeah. It, and, and that's frankly that's what they want. And I yep. guess people like it. One other note I wanted to bring up only because I like the original film and I'm a little surprised you're gonna make a sequel to it. I'm not sure if you saw it, Chuck, is a simple favor with uh, Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. 
Um, that's actually a real good film. They're both going to come back for a sequel to that movie. Wow. I'm not sure if you saw that one, but it's good. I, I did not. I know. I know. I know it has really uh, good reviews and a lot of people like it. Is it sequel worthy in terms of like, is the ending make you want to see a sequel? Um, I think both characters are interesting enough where you'd like to see, you know, more from them. Um, you know, I was satisfied at the end of the film. I didn't really, you know, think that, oh, my God, this is going to take off. But. Uh, I do like both characters and then both actresses in their roles. One other sequel of note, it looks like Spinal Tap's going to get a sequel. I saw with, that. With Rob Reiner directing and, and the three stars in it. Now, if you told me this 20 years ago, I would have said, okay, there's going to be some interest. Um, is anybody going to really care? I don't know. I know, I, the, I know the following, the first one, but it is a cult movie. And I, I listen, I think it's fun that they're doing it. I do. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Guest hasn't really done a, a one of his uh, signature improv movies in a while either. So maybe it'll be some good laughs here. But, well, you know, you're right. I don't know what audience is still around waiting for this. I, I got uh, one. I, I want to bounce your opinion here. I think this is actually pretty interesting. Uh, Sony Pictures is going to produce an animated version of Married with Children. Hmm. And the original cast, O'Neill. Katie Segal, Christina Applegate, and David Festino are going to voice the original characters. It's going to be executive produced by the uh, producer of Family Guy. So right. it's going to be an edgy, obviously an edgy cartoon. And it's going to be a TV series. It's going to be a TV you're going to You're going to sell it as a TV series. Right. And it'll be whoever, the highest bidder. There's going to be interest in this, I think. Yeah, I think it could catch on. Sure. Why not? Uh, yeah. Uh, we talked about it last week, how it was an iconic and, and, show. And good, and good for David Faustino, because if it catches on, the his, mortgage will be paid. It's finally plain. <laughs> All those back months of bills can finally get paid off. Uh, uh, what else I got, you got two more things. Two more things. D Disney Plus announced that they uh, acquired 8 million subscribers over the last three months. I saw that, yeah. Going in the right direction as a yeah. streaming service. I mean, clearly, listen, Disney's going to grow and grow because... The, all the Marvel movies are on yeah. and all the Star Wars movies. Star Wars too, and, yeah, yeah. So it's just going to grow. And the last thing, this week in movie history, James Cameron's Terminator was released in theaters. That was the true definition of a sleeper. And I just want to ask your opinion. And we talked about this so many times. You walk into a theater May 12th, 1984, and you see Terminator. With Here's my dad. The fun part. With my dad. Here's a fun part. You really don't know what you're going to see, right? That's the fun part. You discover something amazing. And you're realizing that a director like James Cameron can deliver a product with a lot of imagination, a lot of fortitude, a lot of work. And that movie is a great movie. It is a great movie. It makes a star out of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, it makes Linda a star. Hamilton's really good. Michael yep. Bean is really good. The time travel storyline is so thought provoking in that movie. And other than Back to the Future, I mean, Terminator has to be along with it as thought provoking and talked about interesting, complex time travel in in, in any movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Well, not only look and and. Nobody knew about James Cameron before it. Nobody knew about Arnold before no. it, right? So it launches no. two great careers. Um, and he's got one of the first female kick-ass roles, right, uh, for in a long time, way before Ripley. 100%. You know, awesome. Um, 
uh, and uh, yeah. and and three great character developments arcs throughout the, the film. You talked about the great storyline and, and tra- time travel stuff. And and most maybe and- most of all, a killer line. That's one of the top 10 lines of all time in a movie. I'll be back. I mean, that that yeah. that line, and- along with the go ahead, make my day and things like that. That is one of the all time lines. And then, you know, I remember when I originally watched that film back in the day, the 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 endoskeleton at the end when Arnold's skin's ripped off, right? Yeah. You know, you know, you knew he did that with 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 so much that Stan Winston, like so much hard work went into that. There's no CGI, it's all practical. And you're watching it and you're going, This is amazing. Like yeah. I mean, all that hard work paid off. And, uh, and and you know what I mean, else? I, I, I'm a, I'm I'm a big fan of Terminator too, but I still think the original is is even a better film. 110 percent. And the thing that Cameron does so well is he goes one step farther in the last 15 minutes of the film. Yeah, the truck blows up. You think it might be over? No, here comes the ectoskeleton. Then it gets crushed. Okay, it's over. No, oh no, Michael Bean blows him up. It's over, right? No, he gets well, crushed. Well, that's, that's Cameron's strength. He, I mean, that- he's able to top. He's able to top himself on top himself. Yeah, which obviously. He did in Aliens. Yeah, right? it's one of the great top on top of on top of you know conclusions all time. Absolutely, he's great at that. Yep, he is, and I we only wish he he work a little bit more on things other than Avatar. We talked about that. What'd you think of the yes. trailer? Did you watch the trailer to it? I mean, it looks like a comic. Uh, it looks like a, a know, an animated I, film. Yeah, I I know a lot of people seem to to dig it. It got uh, I think it got the second most watched. YouTube views uh, of all time in a 24 hour period. It's going to make money, Mike. I tell you, I got to do a lot for me. I know. But you know what? My daughter can't wait to see it. I mean, she absolutely. Really? OK. Yeah, she loved the original. Um, And Mm, I I was a little surprised. I think a lot of it has to do with the animation and she's she draws and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it it does have its merits. But you and I have both talked about this over and over again, how it it's kind of played out by now. Chuck, um, before we get going here, let's do Fast Five. Five actors or actresses or even directors. You tell me the first film that pops into mind. A lot of them have birthdays today on the uh, May 14th. Uh, Robert Zemeckis. Is it Gump or is it uh, Back to the Future? Do you first it's, think of? It's, ba- it's, ba- it's Back to the Future. But Gump's a close second, which he won a Best, uh, a best Director, of course, Oscar for. Yeah. Let, you know, let, it's back to the future. Let's not forget about Romance in the Stones, uh, Used Cars. Yeah. I mean, that's a great movie, too. Castaway, Polar Express. Um, the guy's unbelievable. Another director, Chuck, uh, believe it or not, George Lucas, 80. Uh, actually, 70. I'm sorry, 78. I, I, I'm going to get a little ahead of myself here. George Lucas. Well, obviously, the original Star Wars, but I'll, I'll go I'll harken back a few years earlier in, in American Graffiti. I remember seeing as a little kid. I remember going with a friend uh, to see American Graffiti. I don't even like I was I was under 10 and uh, I dug that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. It really is. Uh, and of course, and obviously, Star- without that movie, I don't know if we ever get happy days. Right. I don't know if we'd ever get Star Wars either, Chuck. Right. And he's such, such a successful movie after that. I, I, I think uh, I think George Lucas in general, it's a po- it's a very. Um, it's a very intriguing story of how his career, like exactly. I don't want to, I don't want, obviously he's got a lot of talent, but you don't want to take too much away from him. Right. No, but it's, it's sort of a, there's a big hiccup in his career that is sort of perplexing, but. And not only that, but you know, he produces Howard's prequels. Yeah. The prequels. What's weird about it is, okay. You can misfire once, 
what, three times? Yeah. And, Even and though the last one is not bad, but he directed all three as well. It just doesn't make sense. Well, and if you look, look, you got to give him some credit because he teams up with Spielberg with the with the Raiders of the Lost Ark movies. He's the producer yeah. of those films. So yeah, who gets most of the credit there? But if you if you take Star Wars and and Raiders out of the equation, I mean, how many George Lucas produced movies were really hits? You know, you, he Howard, the, Howard the Duck, right? Howard the Duck of the world, you know? I mean, even yeah, Willow, we, right? Willow, we like, but it wasn't a big hit, you know? No. Well, um, it, it's not a great movie either. No, no. Uh, interesting. You're right, though. An interesting career. How about Tim Roth, Chuck? Very good character actor who's uh, turned 61 this weekend. Um, first thing I think of is is um, Reservoir Dogs, but you yeah. know he's he's great in so much, including the final scene of Pulp Fiction too, when he holds up the uh, the diner. Um, what and he's good as Thade in Planet of the Apes, even though it's atrocious. Yeah, you want to know some? He's the complete juice of Burton's movie. There, he is. He really is that good. He's he's terrific in that movie. He is, and he takes a movie that's really mediocre. And he makes it a little better than mediocre because he's so he is really damn good in that movie. And I will say he's good in the Incredible Hulk as well as the villain in that, too. Um, yeah. The Ed Norton one. Right. He's the he turns into the yeah. other Hulk. Um, yeah. Did you like his TV show? Lie to me. I didn't watch it. All right. Well, then no, no comment. Uh, Kate Blanchett, one of the most beautiful actresses on the face of the earth, who's done many, many great movies. Um, and believe it or not, she's 53 years old this weekend. She doesn't look a day over 30, Chuck. And, you know, I got to tell you, I watched Nightmare Alley and she's really good. Neither in that do film. I, but go ahead. Uh, Nightmare Alley is really good. She's really good in it. What do you think of when you think of Kate Blanchett? I look at her as I, I don't know if I. Well, the Woody Allen movie she did, I liked. The Blue Jasmine. Really She's good. good in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought she was really good. And I like that movie because I like watching Andrew Dice Clay in that movie. Yep. I thought it was fun to watch him. Um, and she's good in the. Uh, she, in, she always she, She's one of those talents that always brings her a game. Movies. That Sam Raimi movie, in The Gift. Remember that one? Uh, she's good in that. Yeah. She, she plays Catherine Hepburn yep. in The Aviator. Real good. Um, yeah. She's always she's always the best. Just the best one. I'd, I'd hire her in a second. Last but not least, Chuck, and you could say Reservoir Dogs for this one as well. Harvey Keitel, who is uh, 83 years old, believe it or not. Um, to me, I, you know, the scene in Taxi Driver at the end is just. Yeah, I would, I would go. I mean, when he did Bad Lieutenant, if you just want to see raw acting. Yeah, that that he's terrific in that movie. But it's obviously not for the faint of heart, not for young children. Uh, here's, here's what's interesting about Harvey Keitel. Robert De Niro. Joe Pesci, he just like if you if you showed a hundred people a picture of Robert De Niro, I'd say most would know who he was, right? Right. Most would know Joe Pesci. I don't think most would know Harvey Keitel's name, but they would know who he is. I yeah. find that interesting. No. Yeah, and I found you know he's also in uh, in, in the Irishman too. He's good in that film with the other yeah. with the other two. Um, and, and I, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up his role in Pulp Fiction as the wolf at the end, Chuck. He is perfect at the last 20 minutes of that movie. I do, I do, well, everybody in that movie is. Uh, actually, Pulp Fiction, this week in uh, movie history, premiered at the Cannes. And, and that, that certainly changed a lot of careers, specifically Quentin Tarantino. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Harvey Keitel is awesome in, in Pulp Fiction. He's a really good actor, a really good actor. All right, uh, we'll wrap up the show going back in the Wayback Machine. This is a newer segment here. Chuck picks a year, and I tell you what movies were released that year, Chuck, and we discuss. So where do you want to go back to this time around? On I, May got, I got it. Nin- 1989. 1989, you want to do, huh? Oh, that's an interesting year. Uh, 1989 in film. Uh, I got it. Let me let me just poke around here. May 14th. Earth Girls are easy. Thoughts? Wow. Uh, I, I remember renting it on. Um, I I remember going to the video store and renting it on VHS. I did not see it in a movie theater. I, I thought it was a really quirky, fun movie with um, Jeff Goldblum and, and Gina Davis. And uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is early. And Jim Carrey. Yeah. They don't make. Listen, they don't make movies like that anymore. All right, there's some there's some good flicks uh, to get to here, Chuck. Uh, let's talk about See No Evil, Hear No Evil first, um, which was kind of a misfire with the reteaming of Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Oh, okay, House Joan Severance. Yeah, Joan Severance and Kevin Spacey is in this as well. Remember, they were yeah. the team on Wise Guy just a few years early, and they're teamed up, and this yep. is the villains, which was kind of weird. But it, it, it's not a great movie, but it is the last pairing of, of Wilder and and. Uh... And, well, and, they, uh, would and U, and they, ha- they would do another you. They would do another you a few years one? later. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but, but it has good moments in it. It does have good moments in it. All right. Well, but we got a beautiful May, May, uh, May. The very weekend after that, Friday, Fright Night Part Two comes out. Chuck. Um, okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to talk about Fright Night Part Two. Directed by Tommy uh, Lee Wallace. Of all love, people. We we both love Fright Night. Yeah. It didn't get a theatrical release. No. Nope. I, I mean, I remember. I remember it was coming out. Coming out. Then it shows up on as a box on the video store shelf. And I always remember one thing about this movie. Even though they brought back <clears throat> Roddy McDowell and um, William Ragsdale. What's his yeah. name? William, William Ragsdale. Ragsdale is Charlie Brewster. It's so flat. The movie's so flat. And the, and the film stock is so, so cheap looking. Like they shot this on the cheap. And I don't understand because Fright Night's such a great movie. They get McDowell and, and him and Ragsdale back. Yeah. I, I What happened? I don't know. Um, and Roddy McDowell, that character is one of my favorite characters in all horror films. And it just. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Um, this is the weekend. Basic- and, it, and, it, and it just. The film stock is horrible in that movie. Yeah. Very bad. This is the week before really um, uh, Memorial Day weekend and stuff. But some decent releases. Uh, a couple more I want to get to. Roadhouse came out this uh, May 19th back wow, in 1989. Year. It would make $61 million at the box oh. office. Uh, it really okay, became here, more of a huger thing. hit after, right? I mean, it here's became more thing. of a cult. I go, I used to go to movies all the time back then by myself. Opening day, I go to King's Plaza. I watch Duplex at the time. I watch Roadhouse. I loved it. I, I went, I think I saw it two more times the same weekend how much I love that movie. They use the same score as they use in Die Hard. You know that? Interesting. Yeah, well, Michael score. No, no, no. Not Die Hard. Lethal Weapon. Same yeah, score they use in Lethal, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, it's the same exact score. But I love Patrick Swayze. I love... Uh, I love... Uh, Sam Elliott. What's his name? Sam, Sam Elliott. Elliott. Yeah. Uh, ben Gazzara's a good bad guy. Yeah. Real, uh, what, the guy from the Emergency, Kevin Teague, is really good in it, too. Yeah. Um, and, and her, who is, what's her name? Kelly Lynch. Yeah. Kelly Lynch. Oh, Kelly Lynch. 
Yeah. And she turned out that she got a lot of really good roles and went on to get an Oscar nomination. This movie's this is a this is what you call this is what people who don't want to see Oscar bait, this is what they go to the movies for. This movie's a blast. I love this movie. Yeah, good stuff. No doubt about it. Um, and then there's two movies I want to bring up, Chuck. Believe it or not, in May of 1989, Anthony Edwards would release two films on the same day. How I Got Into College, which was by Savage Steve Holland. Um, I enjoy this movie. I think it's pretty funny. He's not really the lead in it. Corey Parker is um, good stuff. And Miracle Mile came out in 1989, May 19th, Chuck. And you and I love this cult classic of a movie. Here, here's what's funny. I was I was just just this morning. Well, no, it was last night on my Roku at my ice cream parlor. I was looking for something to watch. So I put it in the search engine. It's currently free on, uh, I think, Tubi or Pluto. I saw this movie opening weekend. Not a lot of fanfare. It was directed by a guy named Steve Jarrett. The Jarrett. The Jarnet, yeah. Yeah. The tagline above the poster was, you'll be prepared to be blown to the back of the or something like that. Yeah. I love this movie. Yeah, some of the premise stretches a little bit of the 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 plausibility meter a little much because this is that don't make sense the way the way the, right. the way right. certain things play out like the scientist character the, the woman who is in a uh, pet cemetery and yeah in denise Star crosby Trek. yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I, her character is ridiculous having said that anthony edwards is awesome in this movie it's yeah. exciting you can't wait to know is this real or is it not real yep and that last 20 minutes is pretty awesome. I, I, this is a, this is what, again, this is another movie. You walked into the theater back in 89, at least for me. And I discovered something. I had no idea I was gonna, what it was or what I was going to see. Yep. And um, I well, loved and, it. And, and, it and, and it's on Blu-ray and it, it looks great on Blu-ray, by the way. Yeah. Awesome. And it's got a great score by Tangerine Dream in it too. And uh, yes, the yes. one thing, the one thing you, you need to know if you've never seen this and watch it now, it is a movie of its time. Something like this could not happen in this world that we live in today. So take that into consideration when you're watching it with, you know, there's no cell phones and things of that nature, but as a guy who yeah. picks up a payphone and on uh, someone on the other end works at a military base, they just launched missiles. He doesn't know if it's right. a joke and he sends pretty right. much LA and the miracle mile into a panic about whether or not right. there's going to be a nuclear war. It's, and, it's, and he falls in love and he falls in love that night. Yep. Right. And he has to go get the girl of his dreams. Yep the same night and try to get out of Los Angeles and that diner that they shot this movie at. Awesome. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it's good. I and good character, good uh, ancillary characters in that diner in and of yeah. itself too. Yeah. Um, and, and Roger Ebert, I remember, really damn good. I remember Roger Ebert loved it and gave it a big, big review. Yeah. And if you look at Rotten yep. Tomatoes, it still gets a 90%. So for a little known movie that a lot of people might have some problems with it, this is a real good flick, Chuck. And it's yeah, good- and, and for people who have not watched it, watch it. Miracle yeah. Mile, 1989. Go check it out. And it's a good place for us to wrap things up today, Chuck, uh, on the podcast. If you're sticking around on radio, if Friday the 13th was uh, yesterday, the, the only Friday the 13th in 2022. So we're going to look back at that entire series, Chuck. And maybe tonight I'll watch six just for the hell of it. Okay, sounds good. I had a lot of fun, Mike. To the audience, it's always a pleasure. To you, uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
Podcasts by Federated Media.